Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins? And welcome into a bonus edition for Saturday, April the 27th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, the Dolphins got themselves a quarterback, finally. We'll go in-depth on Josh Rosen's character, his film study, the scheme fit, the financial impacts, and everything you need to know about Miami's brand-new 22-year-old signal caller. We'll shake out the value of the trades Miami made on Friday, and the Dolphins add another draft pick next year. We'll discuss new rookie guard Michael Dieter from Wisconsin and preview the draft board for the final day, day three of the 2019 NFL Draft. But first, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on the new Himalaya Podcast app. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at WingfulNFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins. Check out LockedOnDolphins.com. We have long been the number one blog in the Locked On Network. That will not change. We have the Josh Rosen film study and all the videos breaking down his game up there live right now on LockedOnDolphins.com. And of course, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On NFL podcast for all the national coverage of your favorite sports league in the entire universe. We have a ton to get to on this bonus edition. Let's go ahead and jump right in. That's another Miami Dolphins. Very first up on the docket today, the Dolphins initially trade out of the second round or trade back in the second round rather and go from pick number 48 to pick number 62. And in doing so, the Dolphins ship their fourth round pick as well, number 116 to the New Orleans Saints who came up to draft center Eric McCoy out of Texas A&M, a favorite of this podcast. The Saints come up and get their guy, their replacement for Max Unger. So the Dolphins ship off pick number 48 and pick number 116 in exchange for the Saints pick number 62 in this year's draft which was later used on Josh Rosen and they bring back a sixth round pick this year pick number 202 from the Saints as well as next year's second round draft pick that was the crown jewel of the entire deal the Dolphins now have 12 picks in 2020 in that draft class including two picks in the second round two picks in the third two picks in the fourth and two picks in the fifth round as well as their own picks in each of those rounds too so the Dolphins loading up on the 2020 draft class they get themselves some more capital in that draft to possibly go up and get a quarterback if the Josh Rosen trade does not work out as the Dolphins are finally it seems like they've had enough of not having a franchise quarterback taking a swing a low risk gamble on Josh Rosen here but they'll still have an opportunity next year to go up and get the guy they so choose if Rosen doesn't work out. As for the trade that brought Rosen to Miami, the Dolphins give up not only the second round draft pick, but a fifth round draft pick in 2020 to get Rosen to Miami. It's pick number 62 this year and the Dolphins fifth round pick in 2020 next season which, of course, they can replace with the comp pick for Cameron Wake going to the Tennessee Titans in free agency. So what does this all mean? It means a lot because the financial impacts are significant. And the first one we look at here is the financial impact on first Ryan Fitzpatrick, who signed a two-year $11 million deal back in March. He carries a $7 million cap figure this year, 
So whether he starts or plays backup, between the two, you have a very manageable cap situation at your quarterback position. But the $7 million cap hit next year drastically reduces down to just 1.5 if the Dolphins are so inclined to cut Ryan Fitzpatrick. If if Josh Rosen works out, that probably is the best route for Ryan Fitzpatrick to return in 2020 because Rosen can be your starter and Fitzpatrick can be your backup and they're both dirt cheap next season, which allows Miami to go ham in free agency in 2020 because of the lack of spending at quarterback. Quarterback, but if the Dolphins do want to cut Fitzpatrick, they'll have to pay just $1.5 million in dead money. If they keep him, the contract will carry a $5.5 million cap hit. As far as Josh Rosen's financial situation, that's where the Dolphins get the most value out of this. They owe Josh Rosen for three more years and $6.24 million in total. That's fully guaranteed, but you're paying barely over $2 bucks for a guy to be a possible starting quarterback for the next three years if he works out with a fifth-year option to attach to that. So you have four years of club control on Josh Rosen to figure out what you want to do with him. In terms of the overall value of this deal, regardless of how you feel about the player, the Dolphins really make out because they turn the pick into a second-round pick next year. They cough up the fourth this year. But all things told, I think they found a way to get a first-round caliber draft pick quarterback in their building and didn't have to pay anywhere near that. They basically paid a fourth-round pick and pushed a second-round pick to next year's draft. Fantastic work by Chris Greer getting that job done. The argument I do have against it, though, is they really didn't have to negotiate against anybody because I don't know who is going to come out and take Josh Rosen away from the Cardinals. The Dolphins are pretty much alone on that island with the Giants going with Daniel Jones and Washington going with Dwayne Haskins on the draft yesterday. The Broncos come back with Drew Locke today. So a lot of quarterback needy teams are finding those guys. And maybe we have the Bengals to contend with next year to go up highly and get a quarterback. I'm not sure who that will be. But the idea is that the Dolphins basically put themselves in a situation where they are they were negotiating against themselves. And I thought they could have gotten out of this with less of a draft pick going back towards the Cardinals. Maybe pick 78, maybe even a fourth round pick. That was my assumption. But in the end, they give a second round draft pick to the Cardinals. Cardinals, but they do recoup it for next season with that initial trade back. And let's go ahead and shift gears here and jump into a thing that I've been concerned about with Josh Rosen going back to my initial appearance on the Locked On NFL podcast with Matt Williamson and that I didn't think he would mesh well in the locker room because this is a guy that possibly has some character issues. I've heard time and time again from multiple sources, even Josh Rosen himself at the 11 on 11 camp, the Under Armour camp for the high school elite 11 camps they run every single year. Josh Rosen said that maybe he wasn't the most coachable guy. That sentiment has been echoed by scouts and executives and coaches and you go back to an article from Fansided that was reported by Matt Miller of Bleacher Report which is currently up on LockedOnDolphins.com a lot of windows to get there but Matt Miller of Bleacher Report said that he talked to an anonymous scout or an executive in the NFL rather who said that Josh was a bit of a prick who thought he was smarter than everybody else in the room and rubbed people the wrong way and he was ultimately uncoachable. And Jim Mora, his former coach at UCLA, said similar things to that and that he would take Baker Mayfield over Josh Rosen in this draft. So a lot of stuff went into Josh Rosen's character. Who is he? What kind of a guy is he? There was all kinds of reports when he first came out that maybe he was too smart for his own good and that if he didn't trust the coaching staff around him and thought that he had more knowledge, he would challenge their authority and ultimately get a bad relationship brewing between he and said coaching staff. Well, the good news is with Chad O'Shea, who comes from that New England structure, and maybe this is part of the reason they wanted Brian Flores, because they talked about leadership and his ability to command the ship and get everybody on the same page going in the right direction. 
Maybe they felt confident enough that Brian Flores was the type of character with the Patriots staffers he brought with him to mellow out Josh Rosen and get him on a one-track mind and get him playing the best football of his life, which if he does in Miami, he'll be a hero in this town because this team is so starved, this fan base is so starved for a star at the position that they will accept Josh Rosen with welcome arms if he just falls in line and does as the coaches tell him he has an opportunity to make this work, but those character concerns are very real, very legitimate. The best hope I think we all have is that he comes out of this situation completely humbled and changes those ways and just buys in 100%. If he buys in, he's got a chance. I hope that's what happens. And on the other side of the podcast here, we are going to come back and talk about Josh Rosen's film, the fit within the scheme, and the impact on the 2020 chase for a top-level quarterback, plus a whole lot more. But first... As Josh Rosen has just learned, finding a job or hiring employees for your company can be a challenge as finding qualified candidates takes so long and is so exhausting with too many applicants and ZipRecruiter is here to make that entire process easier. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on is your place to find those qualified candidates and expedite the entire process. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans through thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience to invite them to apply for your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. And ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And for a limited time only, my listeners can get ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. Again, ZipRecruiter slash locked on. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. It's ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Dolphins pick up Arizona Cardinal quarterback, former Arizona Cardinal quarterback Josh Rosen, formerly of the UCLA Bruins program down in Southern California. The chosen one comes to Miami a year after a lot of folks thought he might as the Dolphins pluck the quarterback with their new regime, with their new coaching staff. And we have to go ahead and jump now into the film study. You guys can find this comprehensively up on LockedOnDolphins.com. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We have tons of written content for you guys up on the site every single day. The news, the analysis, everything you're looking for, LockedOnDolphins.com. And up there, you can find the portions of Josh Rosen's game that I like, what I don't like, and something of a collection of who he was as a prospect coming into the pros. Let's start here, though, with the film and the positives. The mechanics that he displays within the pocket, I think, are very sharp. You can tell this is a guy that has been throwing footballs for his entire life. And I guarantee you, I promise you all this, wait until OTAs. Go back to 2017 in August in training camp when all the beat writers were raving over Jay Cutler's arm and how much better he looked than Ryan Tannehill, yada, yada, yada. That's exactly what's going to happen at OTAs because Josh Rosen, in a practice setting with no pressure and the red jersey on, he can flat rip the football. He looks fantastic when he's out there ripping the ball by himself. Those mechanics are sharp. He's always aligned to his target with the hips, the shoulders, the feet. He finds a way to open the gate and create leverage and torque when he has to throw across his body and operate out of 
awkward platforms and crowded pockets. The big time arm is able to adjust the pitches, whether he wants to throw a finesse touch pass over the top on backside over routes, going over the linebacker under the safety. And he also excels at throwing guys open, whether it's four verticals going downfield, using the back shoulder throw or the fade route, whatever it is, he finds a way to create windows with his big time arm and the ability to move guys outside of the defense to create passing lanes for himself, whether it's the triangle and using a a short shoulder fake to move a linebacker and create a window between the safety and the cornerback, or he uses his eyes to peel coverage away from the play side and then whip his head back and come back to that read and make the throw. There is high-level processing stuff within him. It's not consistent, however, and that's where some of the hangups come in with Josh Rosen. There's this bad habit he developed as we transition now into some of the bad stuff in his game. He developed this bad habit where at times when he senses pressure, when he anticipates pressure, it'll get right into his face and he becomes flat-footed and tries to throw the football from that flat-footed platform and the ball can go awry on him, it can go high, it can go low, it can get tipped at the line of scrimmage, or he can just telegraph it and throw it right to somebody, which is another weakness in his game. He doesn't always account for the robbers and disguise coverages, much in the way Ryan Tannehill was kind of that way. And that's why he always struggled against the Baltimore Ravens, for instance, who would always have like a backside robber or peel guys out in coverage or blitz certain guys. He just wasn't able to process that and get the right read. He would sometimes lock onto targets and two-man route combinations. And when you do that, the guy you're not throwing to can have his defender peel off into the route or into the path of the football and pick it off and make a play on the football. That happened to him a few times. He is not always aware of the in-game situations. There was a video I posted on the article up on LOD.com where he comes to the line of scrimmage, starts to make a line check, and his right tackle peeks at the play clock and turns around to Josh and says, hey, it's time to go. The play clock's running out. That type of situational awareness has to get better, and I trust that it will in this new regime with this new coaching staff because the situations, the little things like that were preached day in and day out to Brian Flores, drilled into his head for 15, 20 years with the New England Patriots, and I assume that's the same operation that Chad O'Shea works under as well as Jerry Shaplinski, the assistant quarterbacks coach under Jim Caldwell. So this staff should be able to get more out of him than I think what Arizona staff got out of him and kind of do away with some of those weaknesses and mitigate some of those weaknesses. I talked about some of the things he can do well in terms of the scheme and the fit within the scheme. We're going to get to that here in just one second. Some other things that kind of concern me going back to his college tape even was the injury history at UCLA. He had two concussions his final year. He missed seven games his sophomore year. He missed two games his junior season. He played every game in his freshman season, but he had an injury to his leg and as well as two head injuries. That should concern you a little bit. He didn't win a lot of football games. I know QB wins is not a stat and definitely something I don't get too heavily involved in here on the podcast. I'm more about the analytics and isolating the player on film and judging them that way. But Rosen was supposed to rescue that UCLA program, and it just never happened. The entire experience there was kind of a letdown for a five-star recruit who was supposed to be the first pick in the draft from the moment he declared to go to college, even. They thought he was going to grow and become what Trevor Lawrence looks like he might become. And that's another thing to kind of go on a tangent here. If this doesn't work out this year, it kind of works out and he's mediocre, or he falls flat next year. 
Maybe the Dolphins can position themselves to go get Trevor Lawrence in two years. So maybe it's not all about 2020, but that's another point for another day. And we'll come back to that. You look at the psychological situation this creates for Josh Rosen. And to me, that might be the most fascinating part of this entire situation, because here you go from his first year in the NFL. These kids are supposed to be nurtured this first year and kind of brought along slowly and be entrusted by the organization that they have their back long term, especially when you spend a first round draft pick on a guy, especially when you trade up for a guy, especially back in February when you tweet out that, quote, Josh is our guy and quote. These rookies need to be brought along slowly and have that nurturing program. Well, he didn't have that. It's been exactly one year since he got drafted by the Cardinals and they turn around and do him absolutely dirty. Now, I would do the same thing because Kyler Murray to me is special and you guys know that. But Josh Rosen was completely hung out to dry by this Cardinals organization. So with that in mind, you know he wants to make them pay. You know he has this massive chip on his shoulder. That goes along with being the 10th pick in the draft last year, the fourth quarterback taken off the board last year. If this guy can't find the motivation to get out there and kick some ass, then he's never going to do it anyway. Because right now, he is has all the chips stacked against him, and he has to have that chip on his shoulder But at the same time, as we look ahead to next year's draft class, he also has to know that if he doesn't perform this year and puts the Dolphins in a similar situation to what he just did in Arizona, he could see the exact same thing happen in 2020 in Miami with Tua Tungavailoa or Jake Fromm or whoever it might be. That's a fascinating dichotomy he has to deal with between putting his old false or his old hardships behind him and not letting the new ones that could be coming ahead of him bring his game down fascinating situation there for the Dolphins and Josh Rosen. And real quick, before we turn to the final segment of this podcast and look at tomorrow's, or today rather, day three of the 2019 NFL Draft, let's talk about the scheme fit. And one of the patterns I recognized in their game, a couple patterns rather, was that Josh Rosen really excelled playing off of play action, but also using heavy personnel. And that's 12 personnel, 13 personnel, two tight ends and three tight end sets, different times, condensing the formation in tight and allowing Rosen to kind of sacrifice some separation down the field because he can rip those tight windows to give him more protection for an offensive line that just couldn't protect him. And that kind of aligns with what Miami has done this offseason so far, bringing in a Dwayne Allen, bringing in a Clive Wolford, going back last year and signing Nick O'Leary in season and giving him a contract extension, as well as drafting Mike Kosicki and Durham Smythe. They have to be thinking along those same lines in terms of getting the heavy personnel, being a heavy ground game, heavy ground game attack, and getting Josh Rosen involved in the play action passing game and utilizing those tight ends over the middle of the field to get the most out of Josh Rosen. I talked about his ability to throw it to within contested windows on the back shoulder he understands when he sees the back of the defensive player to underthrow the ball so the receiver can come back and make a play on it. I think that bodes well. And you go back to the Cardinals offense as well. You see plenty of screen passes and slip screens and bubble screens and tunnel screens. I'm sure they'll do a lot of that as well with Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson this year. I think the scheme fit is there. I think the match for his style of play and what they want to be on offense is there. I think the running game with the play action passing game is there. If Chad O'Shea signs off on this, I'm going to trust him until he gives me a reason not to. And that's my philosophy going in. And speaking of that, coming up next on the podcast, we're going to talk about the Dolphins' other new player, Wisconsin guard Michael Dieter, plus a day three preview and recapping Miami's loaded 2020 war chest of draft picks. All of that next on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. You can find me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL and the show, it's at Lockdown Fins.
My apologies to newest Miami Dolphin, the latest Miami Dolphin, Michael Dieter, the guard, number 63 out of Wisconsin, because, Michael, I gave Christian Wilkins the entire spotlight on yesterday's podcast and on LockedOnDolphins.com, but Josh Rosen comes in here and kind of steals your day, so we'll get back to more Michael Dieter film breakdown and learn about the man himself as well on tomorrow's podcast and throughout the week. I'm off of school. It's my semester ended on Friday officially, so I'm going to have more time for film, get you guys more of the content I know you all love, and follow the Lockdown Dolphins podcast for. We are greatly appreciative as we are closing in on 100,000 downloads and page views on the website again for this month on pace for well over a million in both of those categories. So again, my deepest, deepest gratitudes to all of you for doing this with me and joining the prog- or joining the journey with me on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast here. So let's talk about Michael Dieter just a little bit. He wears number 63 for Wisconsin. He started 54 consecutive games on that offensive line, primarily at left guard, though he can play on the inside as well as the outside out at tackle. Was an All-American at two different positions. At Wisconsin, they pump out two or three offensive linemen every single year it seems, so you know he's going to be well coached. I'm sure the Dolphins were grooved on that interview process with the Wisconsin coaches and the folks around the Wisconsin football team in their power style running game and that's something Michael Dieter can give you he can be a mauling guard but he also operates with functional athleticism in a zone blocking scheme so he helps in that way and it goes into what we talked about with Chris Reed who I assume will play the other guard position and the two of them are scheme diverse and they can both play gap or man scheme or gap or zone schemes and that gives the Dolphins a lot of flexibility there as well the rip effect I think this has on the offensive line is that you have Laramie Tunzel at left tackle obviously and Chris Reed opened the last voluntary camp at left guard I think Michael Dieter slots in to left guard you have Daniel Kilgore at center still Chris Reed flips over to right guard Jesse Davis kicks out to right tackle and Zach Stirrup goes to the swing tackle position and that's your starting five in 20 or 2019 rather at least for now going into day number three and speaking of 2019 and 2020 we spin it forward to the Dolphins draft picks and the bevy of picks they have in this upcoming draft if Miami finishes in the bottom 10 of the league and has a high first round draft pick it should not be an issue for them whatsoever to use the draft capital they already have not having to dip into 2021 capital to go up and make a move for a quarterback if they so choose to do that because currently they have their own first round pick their own second round pick the Saints second round pick which figures to come towards the back end of the round as the Saints are probably going to be a deep playoff team once again they have their own third round pick they'll get a compensatory pick for Juwan James which comes at the end of the round right around 100 or so they have their own fourth round pick they'll have the Titans fourth round pick which who knows how they'll finish they're typically a middle of the pack team they come back they lost their fifth round pick but they will get the comp pick for Cameron Wake at the end of that fifth round they have their own sixth round pick they have a seventh round pick of their own a seventh round pick for Jordan Lucas and they might have a seventh round comp pick for Frank Gore but I'm not quite sure if that went through or if it's been updated nonetheless who cares about a third seventh round draft pick so 12 picks in total two and second two picks in the second third fourth round and now one in the fifth so the Dolphins are well loaded for that 2020 draft class 
but that's a full year away. We have day three of the draft today. I'm sure a lot of you guys listen to this podcast after the draft concludes, and we'll have a recap episode on Sunday, recapping everything about the draft, setting this lineup for you guys with the Dolphins roster in 2019 and beyond. But on this day three, a lot of guys fell that I thought would be day one, day two picks even. And Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, my guy, the one that I put on the table for pick 13, is still on the board. So we have some draft misses sometimes in terms of the evaluation of how teams feel about a guy. I cannot believe he is here. The draft network had him at number 12 overall on the entire big board before the draft started. Charles Amenahu, the defensive end out of Texas, is another great scheme fit, a guy that can play that Trey Flowers role, kind of like we talked about with Christian Wilkins working outside and inside. He can do some of those same things. Jelani Tavai, the linebacker out of Hawaii, came off the board in the second round, and Daniel Jeremiah talked about this on the pot or on the on the broadcast that the Patriots would have loved a guy like Jelani Tavai because he can be their Kyle Van Noy type, the inside-outside linebacker that can rush off the edge and play coverage in the middle and defend the run, set the edge that way. That was Jelani Tavai. Well, the Detroit Lions take him off the board, and they have Matt Patricia, who is also a disciple of Bill Belichick, like Brian Flores. So those three teams kind of compete for the same players, and that's Jelani Tavai. But Oregon's Justin Hollins falls in that same mold. I think he could be the guy after, I'm sure, CGJ and Charles Amena, who come off the board pretty quickly on day number three. I think Justin Hollins, if he sticks around, that could be a guy the Dolphins target. And I'm still pounding the table for Washington State running back James Williams. He can be a great pass catcher for them out of the backfield and provide a third down running back on this team behind Kenyon Drake and Kalen Balage as well. I think they can really just settle in and go after the best player they have on their board at this spot. They've got to kind of feel like they're playing with house money right now after the way they handled this draft class and got themselves a crack at the quarterback position, which I think we should talk about because you guys know I was vocal in my distaste or my disdain for Josh Rosen and the prospect of bringing him here, especially for a second round pick. I still don't love that value of that pick. I think the Dolphins could have gotten better in terms of maybe a third or fourth round pick for that trade. But the mentality of throwing irons into the fire at the quarterback position and taking shots on it, I'm not going to hate against that because this team has been bereft at the quarterback position outside of a couple of good years from Ryan Tannehill, one really good year from Chad Pennington. They need to find the guy that can be their guy long term and not have this issue, this need, this hole come up every year or every three or four years, every other year, whatever it is, the Dolphins need to figure out the quarterback position and doing stuff like this, finding creative ways to get yourself draft picks to go out and get a quarterback like a Josh Rosen. That's that's fair game, that's good general manager play, and that's a good job manipulating the picks you have and the resources you have to make that happen. So I'm on board. Let's see if Josh can make it happen. And that brings me to my final point, the point that I want to close with. I've been very, very, very vocal against him, and I'm not going to jump into this hunky-dory unicorn land that I tend to get into when I get excited about this Dolphins team, but I do trust this Dolphins staff. I see where the fit is. I see the physical traits, and it is exciting to have a little bit of hope at the all-important position in professional sports, and as much as I like Ryan Fitzpatrick, there was a 0% chance that he was going to be the quarterback in 2021 or even 2020, and this, at the very least, gives us a great reason to stay involved and invested when a season that could go belly up pretty quickly and be pretty rough because we have the opportunity for the evaluation of Josh Rosen and that alone makes the season a lot more exciting and for that, I'm happy. Come on, Josh, we're rooting for you.
And with that, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here for the podcast. It's been a long day covering this thing on Twitter, up on LockedOnDolphins.com, and now the podcast as well. I better go say hello to the wife for the first time tonight. If you guys have a smart speaker, go ahead and pull the podcast up in your car. Just say, play Locked On Dolphins podcast for your daily dose. Also, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on the new Himalaya podcast app or Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at LinkfulNFL. Follow the show at LockdownFins. Keep up to date on the Daily Dolphins blog over at LockdownDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your Saturday. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for a recap draft edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Fins up. Good time.